You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 37. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Supermoms. Thank you so much for all the birthday wishes on Facebook or on for leaving a review on my iTunes for the podcast and telling your friends about it. I really appreciate it. I have discovered... I have a new Supermom kryptonite, and that is bottomless mimosas. You know how they keep refilling your drink and you don't realize how many you've had? Oh, la la. Yeah, it was quite a birthday. So now we are here on episode 37 talking about sneaking, stealing, and lying. So today's question comes from Esther. She writes, thank you so much for the podcast. I'm really enjoying your approach and using it with my kids. It has helped a lot. My almost eight-year-old has been sneaking and lying for a couple of years now. I used to keep candy around the house, but stopped because she would steal it and keep it under her pillow or bring it to school. She steals little toys from school, toys from her sister and friends. I even found $40 in her nightstand that she stole from my wallet. A couple of months ago, she took our house keys without asking and lost them. She lied about it at first and then confessed. Nothing I do seems to help. When I confront her, I tell her to just ask for what she wants. She apologizes and seems remorseful or maybe worried, scared because she's in trouble. I tell her that she's down a bad path with this habit and could end up with shoplifting and juvenile hall. Catastrophizing? (laughs) Question mark. We have a bit of a personality clash because I am such a rule follower. She's doing fantastic in school. Her teachers rave about her, but she does break rules sometimes. I am worried she will steal my jewelry next. She does have a lot of jealousy over her younger sister and sometimes explodes if she feels that her sister is getting more attention. Please help. Okay, Esther. So you've probably, I don't know if you've got to Google like how to talk to kids about stealing or what to do about it. It's a pretty normal thing. But I want you to take a look at the things your daughter is stealing and sneaking. Candy, toys, money, the keys to your car. She can't even use the things that she's taking, right? What's an eight-year-old going to do with $40? What's she going to do with the keys to the car? It's not that she's wanting the items, but notice that she's taking things that you treasure, that are valuable to you. Kids steal things that others value as a way to feel that value inside for themselves. For whatever reason, your daughter doesn't feel treasured and thinks that taking other treasures will help her get this emotion. The jealousy you mentioned that she has over her sister and the perception that her sister gets more attention all point to a feeling of unworthiness, you know, not as good as somebody else. When adults feel unworthy, they often find external ways to feel more valuable. 
we have a bad day, we're really down on ourselves, we might go shopping and buy ourselves some nice things. We might shrink ourselves down to conform to society's definition of beauty by dieting or losing weight to try to feel more valuable. Or sometimes we'll try to make people like us and maybe that will give us the feeling of inner value. So this is not unusual, right? Adults do this all the time. We buy nice clothes so that maybe we'll feel nice on the inside. So think about it like this. It's the end of a rough day. You're just settling in to watch your Netflix show. The thought, I have ice cream in the freezer, comes to mind. You promised yourself you wouldn't snack at night. You don't like what the scale is telling you. You want to eat healthy. Most of the time, you resist the urge, but sometimes you cave. You say to yourself, I deserve it. I've earned it. And you indulge. It's similar to what your daughter is doing. Most of the time, she resists the urge to steal somebody else's treasure. But occasionally, especially if it's been a particularly rough day, she gives in to the impulse. Your daughter is showing you that she doesn't feel good enough as she is. It's easy to treat lying, stealing, and sneaking as a moral issue, but this feels like an emotional issue to me. If it was a moral issue, she wouldn't show remorse or try to hide it from you. She knows it's wrong, but she's still looking for a solution to an internal problem. So for the life coaching answer, Esther, I love that you caught yourself catastrophizing and futurizing. And yes, in a case like this, it is so easy to do so. What makes it hard to address this stealing as an emotional issue and to try to fill our daughter up with love is what you're making it mean about her and about you. Especially as a self-described rule follower, I can only imagine how awful this must be for you. So embarrassment is, I did something wrong. I feel embarrassed. Shame is, I am wrong. I'm a bad person. It sounds like your daughter is feeling some shame, that she's not feeling good enough as it is, But it also sounds like you're making your daughter's stealing mean something that's causing you shame. Nobody likes feeling shame, so we do our best to run away from it. The funny thing about it is that as soon as you shine a compassionate light on it, it goes away. Shame can only live in the dark when we aren't acknowledging that it's there. So it's easy to think, my daughter is stealing and lying She's doing something wrong. She must be a bad person. Therefore, I must be a bad mother. That's kind of a typical super mom default setting. She's doing something bad. She's bad. I'm bad. When we believe we aren't doing it right, you know, as a mom, we really want to do it right. We look to our children's behavior to see if we're doing it right. And then we see that they're stealing, stinking, lying, and our moral mind is like, ah, that's not okay. So we think we're not doing it right. We must be doing something wrong. So we feel ashamed and we want to stay hidden. We don't want to ask for help. So I'm so glad, Esther, that you wrote in because that must have been tricky to do. The only way to get your daughter to stop stealing is to address the root cause. We need to fill up her love tank so that it overflows with self-worth and value. She needs to know what a treasure she really is. You said that 
nothing you've done has worked. Because we cannot give somebody else feelings that we want them to have, right? We want her to feel loved and appreciated and valued. And we're not in control of that. She gets to decide what she feels. We can give her thoughts to think. We can make it hard for her to believe that that's true. But there's really only so much we can do. So I would start by taking her to a family therapist who works with children. For whatever reason, the love you've been giving her isn't getting through. She can't receive it. This is not a reflection on you, just a personality trait in your daughter. If she had an allergy, you would take her to an allergist. If she's showing signs of poor emotional health, she needs a mental health counselor, especially because this has been going on for years. Kids are unique when they come into this world with their own paths. She isn't a bad kid, but she is showing you that she needs inside help. And sometimes these kids, they're the ones who end up becoming therapists later in their life. So sometimes, you know, you want to kind of see it as like, "Mm, there's a reason why she's heading on this path. And maybe I don't know what that is yet. But if you can't be happy, you can find purpose and meaning in it. So thinking, well, maybe she's meant to pursue this, you know, a line of work that we're going to explore together. I don't know. But the second thing I would do is to try to understand her love language. So there's a handful of books written about this concept that people give and receive love in different ways. This is written by Gary Chapman, and he wrote one for children too. So I would recommend checking that one out. So we tend to give what we like to receive, but not everybody receives the feelings of love in the same way. The five love languages are, number one, words of affirmation. Number two, quality time. Number three, gifts. Number four, acts of service. And number five, affection. You might be giving your daughter words of affirmation, telling her how much that you love her and appreciate her, but it's not getting through because it isn't her love language. Or perhaps hers is gifts. Maybe that's why she's taking these treasures, because that's her love language. Or maybe it's quality time if she complains about her sister getting more attention. So check out Gary Chapman's books on the five love languages and determine her top two love languages as well as your own. So you can fill up her love tank in ways that she is capable of receiving. The third thing I suggest is an urge jar. So my life coaching teacher, Brooke Castillo, came up with this concept for her weight loss clients who were learning to resist an urge to overeat. I think this could work with your eight-year-old. So many teachers keep a marble jar on their desk, and when kids behave, they put marbles in the jar. So this works similarly, only every time you resist an urge, you put a marble in the jar. So there's something really satisfying about the clanking sound, and you can kind of get this really visual representation of as this jar slowly fills up with marbles. My hunch is that there's many times when your daughter feels bad about herself and doesn't steal, sneak, or lie. Let's reward those times by putting a marble in the jar every time she resists the urge to take something. So this is something that she would do for herself. If she feels like she's not, you know, feeling very valued or appreciated and she notices she has the urge to steal something, then instead of stealing the item, she puts a marble in the jar. 
You can tell her that the marbles are symbolic of how much love you have for her. And when she fills up her marble jar, maybe she gets a reward of some kind, that some quality time together, whatever her love language is. You know, you can write her a note about how appreciated she is, what, whatever you feel like is would she would be able to receive the most. Go out and buy a gift together. But that's how teachers do it. It's like when they fill up the marble jar, then they get a reward for the class. So those are my three suggestions for your daughters. One, to take her to a family therapist because for whatever reason, she's just isn't getting connecting and she really needs to feel that love. And the second thing is to read Gary Chapman's books about the love languages. And the third thing is to get a jar, an empty mason jar and buy some marbles. And every time she resists and acting on the urge, she fills it up with these little representations of your love in this form of the marbles. Today's super mom kryptonite is understanding your child's motivation for misbehavior. So not understanding a child's motivation for misbehavior keeps us focused on the behavior itself. This is frustrating because then nothing we try works because we aren't addressing the root of the problem. So if you find yourself kind of banging your head against the wall, you know, with your kids and it's the same behavior over and over again, or the same thing that you argue about or you're nagging them about, then you want to go deeper and you want to try to understand what is their motivation? Why are they doing it? When we can't understand our child's behavior, I think that's what leads to us catastrophizing, futurizing, making it mean we aren't doing it enough, or they're bad kids, or we're bad parents, or whatever, because the behavior doesn't improve, and so we kind of look for an explanation, but we tend to go into a dark place when we do that. So we want to go deeper and understand what's motivating. So here's the main motivations for misbehavior. Number one, excitement. Some kids just, they like to misbehave because they like to watch mom get all riled up and scream and yell. And it's exciting. You know, if they've had kind of a long, slow, quiet, boring day, they love the excitement of a big argument or even the getting punished. Some kids, I mean, I'm just thinking of one in particular who would just purposefully do things to make his parents mad because he liked the drama. Okay, so if that's your kid, you want to make sure you know what their motivation is. That way you know how to act because then you don't want to indulge it with drama and consequences and punishment because, you know, they're enjoying it. So number two is revenge. Okay, so if a kid feels like this was unjust and you dished out some consequence that doesn't feel right, then they might do something that was, you know, in revenge. Or you, if they feel like you're favoring their sibling over them, then they might do something for that reason. Uh, number three is a display of inadequacy. So this is when we see kids who are like, I can't do it. And their whole body just goes weak. And they're like, I can't pick up this plate and put it in the dishwasher because it's so heavy. Uh, we can see this around homework where they're like, it's too hard. But then you try to help them and they refuse your help. 
So some kids, you know, kind of want to be the victim. They want to be helpless and powerless and show you that they are completely incapable. So good to know when you're watching your kids' misbehavior. Number four is superiority. This is a tricky one for me, I, but I did encounter it. I, I don't see it a lot. I'm sure it happens with bullying, but I did encounter it one time where I was teaching a group of girls and they were, I don't know, nine, eight, nine, ten, something like this. And one of the girls was really difficult. And every time, <laughs> every week, she was just a handful to get her to like go with the program and do what everybody else was doing and get along with the other girls. They really struggled to like her. And finally, one day, it, it dawned on me. She said something and I said, you think you're better than everyone else. And she's like, yes, I do. I'm like, oh, like that explains so much (laughs) because I couldn't figure out what it was before that. She really saw herself as superior to others. So once I understood that that was the root cause of the misbehavior, then I it made it so much easier to figure out how to deal with her. And I, I couldn't change her thoughts about herself. Like that wasn't my job and I wasn't trying, but I definitely learned how to work with it and make it work for me and the other girls in the group. So uh, the next one, number five, is power. A lot of kids fight for power. And so when they're misbehaving, they just want this. And this might be the, what the stealing is about. Like I want to have something that holds power, money, candy, car keys, toys, something that you value. If I hold onto it, it makes me feel more powerful. Number six is attention. Some kids, you know, they'll thrive and they'll misbehave all sorts of ways if it gets them attention. And even if it's negative attention, but this might show up in front of peers, in front of siblings, at school, they might act up as a way to get attention. Well, seven is peer acceptance. Actually, the last one is they might be doing it specifically to make their peers like them. So attention could be from mom, teacher, you know, sibling, or it could be from peers. So when we know our child's motivation, we can find ways to give them what they want, but on our terms. Today's Supermom Power Boost is finding shades of gray. Many of us think in black and white terms. Stealing is bad. Giving is good. Lying is bad. Truth-telling is good. I'm either a rule follower or a rule breaker. Often this black and white thinking ends up biting us in the butt. So Esther, because you said you were a rule follower, I thought it would be a good power boost to try to make some room in your mind and in your vocabulary for shades of gray. Because we are all, you know, I understand because I'm a rule follower too. Like I know what you mean by that, but I'll bet you there's a rule that you break that you don't think is that important for you, that you just don't heed and and pay attention to. And so recognizing that like we are all rule followers and rule breakers. You know, my husband, I would classify him as a rebel. He loves to break rules. (laughs) Like if you, if I tell him what to do, it makes him want to do the opposite. But there are many rules that he follows that he, you know, willingly does. So even though I consider myself a rule follower and him a rule breaker, we all are all of them. 
We are all good moms who occasionally say things we regret. We can all be generous sometimes and selfish at other times. We are all kind people who sometimes say mean things. Finding the shades of gray gives you room to be an imperfect human who is also wonderful. And it will help your daughter not have some black and white thinking around, I'm either a good kid or a bad kid. And if I'm stealing, that means I'm bad. So as you start to soften and your judgments and find the shades of gray for yourself and your daughter will listen and observe and be able to do the same for herself. Today's quote of the day, inside every child is an emotional tank waiting to be filled with love. When a child really feels loved, he will develop normally. But when the love tank is empty, he will misbehave. Much of the misbehavior in children is motivated by the cravings of an empty love tank. Gary Chapman. All right. Well, thank you so much for your question, Esther. I hope that this helps getting to the root cause and seeing if we can help your daughter fill up her love tank in these ways. And if anyone else has a question you want to write in, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question. You can either record it or email me and I'll answer it here on the show. Thank you guys so much. Have a fabulous day. I will love you and leave you. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.